Hello and welcome to Unfertility, a podcast that seeks to break the silence, stigma and shame around unconventional fertility journeys through the voices of black women. I am so glad you are tuned in and today I am here with Ola. So hi Ola. <laughs> Hello, how are you? I'm good, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So if you can just introduce yourself to us and where you're from, a bit about you, what you do and anything that you want us to know. Okay, perfect. Um, Ola, as you noted earlier, um, founder of Fertility Conversations, uh, which was set up to create awareness about infertility in Nigeria and uh, just to create a safe space where people can connect and share our stories and be encouraged by other people as well. Mm. So I have the infertility blog, uh, some social media accounts like Instagram, Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, Facebook, and also a podcast that I started last year to further share people's experiences to create awareness and encourage other people yeah. and myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And do you find that, um, are you being received well in Nigeria particularly? I think so. You know, again, lots of people are dealing with infertility. Uh, in Nigeria, yeah. people say it's one in four, mm. uh, which is mm. more than the average that I hear in other places. But mm. it's just because people don't really talk about it in public. Um, it's more hush hush. So, yeah, yeah. So, I think yeah. that people like the idea of uh, at least hearing other people's stories, knowing that other people have gone through something similar yeah. and, you know, just seeing how they dealt with it and how they're dealing with it so far. Mm-hmm. So that's been good. No, that's great. I'm really great that you're doing that in such a space as well. Um, because I think, I think Africa in general needs that visibility of infertility because um, Natalie said something really profound. She said infertility has a face. Yeah. Okay. It's not this, you know, uh, a non-existent thing um and people are out there suffering with they it are. So, and that's really wonderful yeah and in nigeria for example we have so many fertility clinics really and, yeah. I mean, people must be using it right like they can't just exactly. set it up for nobody right so uh, it's, it's that's interesting. interesting yeah do you think people go um because I know that someone said to me in Zimbabwe that people literally go to clinics in secret. So like when they go, when they enter the building, they're wearing either a hat or sunglasses uh, um, and so that they're not seen, which I found really crazy. It is, but that's the, the reality that we, we, uh, we deal mm. with, right? It's just because people don't want to know. I mean, the strange thing is that if you know me, you know I don't have kids yet. So it's not like mm-hmm. something I really need to hide. Yeah. But I think people just want to somehow just not talk about it, don't bring the attention to it and yeah. just wait till the baby comes, however that might happen. Yeah. Um, I mean, the fertility clinics have been, and I've been to quite a few for consultations in Nigeria. Mm. Uh, mm. I don't think people were hiding their faces really, but you know, people are not really interested in having conversations either. Conversations, yeah. Everyone is kind of just looking away or looking at, at a magazine or something to just distract them. So no, yeah. like, no eye contacts and yeah. everyone just yeah. uh, stays in their own little corner. Like we don't really talk when no. I, you know when we're sat with as patients no we don't we actually don't we it's like we don't want to even look at each other <laughs> which is strange right because you think this would be a perfect friend right they're exactly. already here exactly. and they're probably they're here for a reason yeah 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 but, it's so strange yeah. yeah okay so um I wanted to give the technical definition of infertility okay and and then I wanted you to follow with your story and and um what's your personal experience of infertility mm-hmm. um and everything that's that's happened so far up until now and what led you to doing the work that you do 
Right. So infertility, according to the WHO, is the in- inability of a sexually active, non-contracepting couple to achieve pregnancy in one year. And the reason why I always want to bring this is because people, I feel like people have such a misconception about infertility and um, this whole idea that it's it's an inability to achieve in one year. Although doctors will say try for three years, blah blah blah, yeah. but there's a time, uh, there's a time on it basically. So it doesn't mean that you won't be able to have children after that one year or after those three years, but it's a lot more difficult for you, mm-hmm. you know, or it's a lot more difficult for the couple. It doesn't mean that they are. I don't know what the word people used to use, barren or, you know, all those really uh, quite harsh words. Yeah. But I always want to bring that into the picture because for some people, it might take a little bit longer, but it doesn't mean they won't. Other people have to look at the options, obviously, but yeah. Exactly. Mm. So what's your story? Um, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we've been trying for over six years. Okay. And when I say that, it's uh, perhaps it's not the right thing to say in the sense that when I say we've been trying, we have gotten mm-hmm. pregnant a uh, few times. Okay. Uh, so it's not that we're not getting pregnant, mm-hmm. but uh, we've had multiple pregnancy losses as well. Um, mm-hmm. And some with very uh, life-threatening complications. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm always thankful that I am here. Because yeah. in reality, I know other people that have dealt with uh, the same complications and are, they're not here today. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, uh, we, again, like I said, I have quite a few miscarriages, uh, but I will focus on the ones that were quite complicated because that's what made me or led me to start the fertility conversations. Okay. So yeah. uh, one of them was uh, I did have a heterotopic pregnancy, which is a pregnancy where there's one in the uterus in the regular place mm-hmm. and there's another somewhere else wow. in my case there's another in the tube but because oh, wow. yeah but because every time you go for a scan everyone is looking at the uterus and if anything else if everything is fine in the uterus then no one is no mm-hmm. one is going to look anywhere else yeah so that was what was happening you know so um at a point i didn't really have any symptoms like uh, for so an ectopic pregnancy is the one in the tube mm-hmm. or somewhere else out of the uterus. So I did have that, yes. but I also had one in the uh, uterus as well, which is why it's called an heterotopic pregnancy. Heterotopic, okay, I'm with you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So normally for ectopic pregnancies, you will have uh, pain. I mean, when it gets really uh, far along, you you start experiencing some pain uh, mm-hmm. that might trigger your need to go to the clinic. I didn't have any pain. But again, the strange thing in that was that even though I didn't have any pain, I kept on having weird thoughts and dreams. (laughs) And I am a dreamer. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) I started having strange dreams about being in the clinic, about being having a surgery, about, you know, some uh, babies being taken out of me. So I thought I was feeling very uncomfortable in days. Mm. I, I, I was kept on talking to my husband. He wasn't around. He had traveled overseas at that time. And I kept on saying yeah. I was having all these strange dreams that something is weird. I want to go to the clinic. Mm-hmm. But again, another thing in Nigeria, and I think maybe elsewhere as well, maybe in the African society, is that I remember telling my mom, again, because my husband wasn't around, so I, I had gone to stay yeah. with her. And had told her I wanted to go to the clinic. And she said to me, why? And I just thought, well, something just doesn't seem, seem right. Yeah. But then she called the pastor, and the pastor's like, oh, you don't want to 
Good, so you don't um, want to be going to the clinic for no reason. It's regular. It's normal for a pregnant person to to um, you know maybe uh, have yeah. uh, morning sickness or whatever that you don't want to go to the clinic unnecessarily because they could start giving you drugs that you don't need and things like that. Oh, so that wow. was a conversation a few wow. days before, you know. So in my mind, I'm like, well, maybe I don't need to go, of right? Course. But then yeah. the next day, I had another strange dream, and I thought, geez, oh, something is. And I told my sister, I was like, I really want to go, and then she's like, you should just go then. Exactly. <laughs> but again, I didn't go. But then the next day, I think I woke up around 3 a.m. in the morning and my spirit was just like, something is not right. And I and I and I remember saying a prayer and saying to God, if everything is fine, let me feel better in the next few minutes. Yeah. But yeah. instead, my my spirit, I got more anxious. So I thought, oh, forget it, I'm going. You know, and I remember my mom was like, what is wrong with you? I thought this spoke to you a couple of days ago. The pastor told <laughs> you. <laughs> I was like, that's it. I woke I, I, and because I was in a house, I, I luckily her driver was around. I called him and I said, you know, we're going out right now. Yeah. yeah. So again, my mom was not impressed. But eventually we left the house around 4 a.m. in the morning, went to the clinic. This is really strange because, I mean, even in Nigeria, you don't want to go out that kind of time. It's not, uh, it's not necessarily yeah, exactly. a safe thing to do. But I got to the clinic and, you know, the doctors came in later and he asked me why I had come. I was like, I don't know what actually I, I came because I wasn't feeling, I was feeling funny in my mind, but everything is fine now. I can go back. And then he don't know you're already here. If you're here, I'm going to keep sure. you here and run some sure. tests. Yeah. And then yeah. luckily he started doing like blood tests uh, every hour. And then he said, well, it seems like you're losing blood somewhere because the blood keeps dropping every hour that we're checking, wow. Wow. you know, so he knew something was going on. And then we did the scan as well. And it's like, there was a lot of fluid everywhere, but it was like, but you're not in any pain. That's not normal. It's strange. It's yeah. strange. Exactly. Yeah. Well, then, you know, a strange thing again happened is that as one time I got up after the scan and I remember I, I, I fainted, but just before I fainted, I could see everything happening around me. Mm. And mm. I must have woken up right after because the people seem to be in the same places, but now there were more people around me. Right. Yeah. Right. But luckily that doctor was there as well. And he's like, oh, this is all adding up to something again. I just want to, he said to me, he wanted to uh, do a surgery. And of course, <laughs> if you know many people, if you have a choice, they're going to be like, oh no, I don't want you touching me. My husband is like, yeah. hell no, no, don't touch her. I'm going to fly her outside you know she's gonna go overseas and the doctor's like well if i if i yeah. if it's what i think it is she's not gonna make it so you can fly wow. tonight so i was like okay let's just wow. do this and my mom was in the clinic but of course i told them not to tell her anything she was just sitting yeah. in the waiting room yeah. so luckily you know when they when they did explore when they opened up the doctors like there was a lot of blood everywhere so I even had to have some tr blood transfusions a, a few of those yeah. uh and oh one of the two was taken out, and of course, there was a miscarriage for the second baby as well. But again, I was so thankful oh. to just uh, be alive and well. And how, how far? It was about eight then? to nine weeks, so it was quite far. The tube wow. had ruptured, uh, it must have, wow. yeah, so it was totally gone. And even a part of my ovary was taken out as well because he had, um, he had been affected as well. For oh, my goodness. So at this point, were you still trying? Was this it was natural, natural, yeah, which was actually very rare because they were saying that this yeah. would only usually happen if you do IVF treatment. Yeah, IVF. So this was spontaneous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh. yeah but uh, 
That is mad. That's I, I mean, I've never heard such a story. Honestly. Yeah, I, and I searched for everybody, yeah. everybody around me asking, has anyone dealt with this? Which is what, why I went on the internet, right? Because then I started looking on forums. Mm. And mostly on forums, I was mm-hmm. finding ectopic pregnancy, but at least it was something I could connect with. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. I get that. Oh but yeah, gosh. I'm so, always so thankful just knowing that, hey, you could have ended totally differently so totally yeah. Different. yeah yeah but also that you're so yeah you're so, so strange i thought you're so in tune with your body like yeah but i don't know i don't know if it was I don't, I don't know but it was just all the strange things i just i couldn't even say because that morning when i called my husband around uh, around 3 a.m in the morning mm. i kept on saying that he's just just that reciting uh that i would not die but live I kept on saying that, oh, and then he was like, God. "What kind of strange call is this? How are you gonna call me?" I know. And <laughs> tell me to be reciting this. But that's all I could think about. And I was like, "Geez, this is not gonna be my story." Yeah. Wow. But again, oh just so thankful because hey. So this was this was the this beginning. Was yeah. The this was, well, I had the courage okay, before right, that, yeah. but that was. Um, okay. I want to say something that was without quote unquote complications. So this was, this was the one yeah. that was like, whoa, what's going on here? But what were the prospects for you then after that? Because I'm thinking if if your tube is taken yeah. out and some of your ovaries been affected, and then in terms of natural conception, what what do they explain as in terms of the prospects? Well, the set the chances if you have one tube taken out is fifty percent less fifty each month because okay. you know each time each tube yeah. like crosses over to the ovary to yeah. pick up the eggs or something like that mm-hmm. so i knew it was reduced mm-hmm. but again i'd been told because i had to have like a c-section for that surgery i was told anyways not to try for six months because i needed okay. complete healing uh, before attempting to mm-hmm. get pregnant again so we knew that it was reduced but um i don't think i had so much information at that time because if i did i probably would have um done some idea of cycles just to try to freeze some eggs uh just yeah. the fact that yeah. surgeries and ovaries like that could impact um mm. reserve, uh, so mm. I, I wish i had known that at that time but um yeah, so were you worried? No, I don't think I was informed. That I don't think I had that much. I just, I remember just checking on forums and saying, can you get pregnant with one tube? And pe- lots of people said yes. And that was, that seemed to be enough yes, for me okay. at that time. Again, because I wasn't that aware. Okay, I'm with you. Yeah. yeah. But we did get yeah, pregnant yeah. after that, uh, naturally again, um, without okay. use. Uh, it happened quite quickly after waiting for the, the required um, time. Time. Mm-hmm. I actually found out on a holiday when we had gone to the UK for a holiday, I found out I was pregnant and I was obviously very happy. But then yeah. because of the first, I mean, because of that previous experience, uh, that, and they, they tell you that if you have an ectopic, it increases your chances of having another in the future. So you do need to, um, oh, you need God. to have early scans. And of course, if you yeah. hear the history, everyone gets really panicked. Yeah. So I did yeah. go for a scan yeah. in London and, uh, the sonographer thought he said that uh, it was another ectopic on an ovary this time, and the doctors checked, and everyone started panicking. Uh-huh. And they're like, "Oh, you need to do surgery uh-huh. right away." Uh, so this is your other yeah. ovary now. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it ended up being another surgery, but weirdly enough, it, had, it wasn't an ectopic. 
it was just uh, it had been it was a cyst so oh, yeah. they had confused okay. it or thought it was but I think uh, mm. having that surgery quite early um, and introducing a lot of foreign things into the environment eventually led to a miscarriage. Um, right, right. So the surgery was to remove the other No, it was to, because I thought it was an ectopic, so they, they went in trying to remove the ectopic pregnancy. But when they got in, it was uh -huh. the, the pregnancy was in the right place. It wasn't an ectopic. It had just been... Uh -huh. Uh, the sonographer just confused the cyst on the ovary to mean um, the thought was the baby that was in the ovary. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, it could have yeah. uh, oh, it wow. could have been avoided. I mean, looking back, I thought perhaps they should have done some blood tests as well, just trying to see if the blood was yeah, up in that. But then again, you know, yeah. when you're in that situation, everyone is trying to be careful. And again, because of the previous situation, mm -hmm. exactly. So. They did yeah. what they thought was right yeah. at the time. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Oh, so, wow. um, so because of okay. that, um, eventually, further scans in the future showed that um, there was no heartbeat. So, um, mm. another time, because my husband had gone back home, uh, I didn't want to. I didn't want to take the pill. There was a pill to try to. Um, complete the miscarriage to try to get it all out but I didn't want to do oh, that because wow. I said we could have lots of bleeding and I wouldn't have anyone with me so I, they yeah, said yeah. to me I could wait yeah. for it to happen naturally by itself so yeah really? that uh yeah that in a few weeks wow. that everything should uh, come out itself yeah oh, gosh. so I went back home wow. but it did nothing did come out itself and I thought, okay, this is taking a little longer than expected. But hey, you know, I didn't think anything of it. Mm -hmm. But again, one time my husband and I uh, were in the house and I was like, oh, I think I feel a little warmer than normal. And at the time I used to wear mm -hmm. a Fitbit as well. And I thought oh, the pulse rate seemed a little high as well. So I thought, you know, maybe mm -hmm. we'll just go to the clinic and just see why the temperature is a little high. And, uh, yeah. and then come back home yeah. and... <laughs> you know, continue whatever else we're doing. <laughs> yeah. But then I get into the clinic, I uh, they said the temperature was actually much higher than I thought. I didn't think it was that high. So I had to give them yeah. something to bring, up, bring down the temperature and then I ended up being taken from the clinic to an ambulance to another hospital. And they found out oh, that uh, I'd actually had blood poisoning, that um, the miscarriage oh. had led to sepsis and there was a lot of craziness going on inside at the time, and I had no idea. Like, what were you thinking at this point? Because I know, I was like, what? Why? In Nigeria, I mean, it is what it is. We always think about, like, is there some kind yeah. of jazz going on here? You're like, yeah, exactly. who is <laughs> out there to get me? <laughs> so, I just want to, like, Honestly, give me a break. Wow. Like, People have exactly. kids easily. Like, what is going yes. on here? Yeah. So obviously, you know, mm. as much as you try to be all like Christian and all, that was like hinting, yeah. like, okay, maybe some mm. village people are on my case. You know. So, but um, yeah. 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 I mean, thankfully, wow. uh, things 
were not as bad as because they said to me that you know usually sepsis can lead to organs uh, shutting down and eventually um, mm -hmm. the person dying. But luckily, we were able to uh, treat the infection and also have a DNC to uh, remove the yeah. remove the remains of the yeah the baby as well. Okay. So um, yeah, and how far along were you as in? Um, Sorry, that again must have been earlier, maybe before the first trimester, it must have been around eight weeks as well, something like yeah. that. Yeah, because mm -hmm. we were supposed to get a heartbeat, uh, I think it was about, yeah, maybe seven or eight weeks, something like that. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was yeah. also going through his own pain, right? Because he also had the same dreams and uh, yeah. hopes for the children as we, yeah. you know, I did. So of course. we both were going through mm. uh, pain mm -hmm. just in different ways. Um, Actually, related to that, I wanted to ask you, um, because people always say that men get lost in this process, whether it's uh, uh, pregnancy or, or yeah. the IVF process. But were you, during that time, were you conscious about um, not neglecting him? So like we, all your energy is focused on you, yeah. especially after the losses, because I think it's so hard to give yourself if you don't feel like you've got Yeah, well, I think I was, I'm not sure if I was thinking about him and thinking, what is he going through? But I was thinking I was more yeah. relying on him or trying to, because I knew we're both, I mm -hmm. understood that we, we knew all the details of what had happened more than anybody else so mm. i found that it was easier mm -hmm. to uh talk to him about it in that sense and just continue bringing up the conversations okay. like what do we do now what's next and why is this happening to us and do you think it's because we had a big wedding mm -hmm. do you think we should have a smaller one even when we wanted to have a wedding we had that conversation like maybe we shouldn't have something so big right because you don't want to bring all the people that are not that don't like yeah. you so much around you know so we those conversations yeah. were real like you know we had to have them because we were thinking about it anyway yeah. even if we're not saying it we we thought about it you wondered maybe it was that hug from that you know weird looking person or exactly. something or whatever yeah. <laughs> you start to yeah, wonder you right you start to just to, think yeah. what's going on here but um yeah. yeah. So I think yeah. the support online was great and really relying on each other, myself and my husband, and, and just taking one day at a time. I don't think you ever mm -hmm. you ever overcome or get through it. You just learn yeah. to take each day at a time. Yeah. And, and with the with the with the IVF then the, the next stage, were you were you like um yeah, we're just going to go to IVF and you sought help without any hesitations or were you, because I know that a lot of people, especially African women anyway, um, we we think that medical assistance in this way is is, is taking, yeah. it's chipping away at who we are as, as a woman, you know? So my question, I guess, is when you maybe decided that you want, you were going to use IVF, were you were there any hesitations about seeking that kind of medical No, not at all. We're excited. You? We're like, IVF, we're going to have twins. Mm. That's what this means. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do it all at once. Exactly. And then, you know, one boy, one girl. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's exactly. what we thought. So, you know, yeah, so to you. us, yeah, it seemed yeah. like a great idea. It's, you know, this yeah. is the next best step. Let's do this quickly. And just uh, so we were exactly. very uh, naive 
Yeah. 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 We know better oh, now. Girl, girl, <laughs> so yeah, we're excited. We thought IVO was a, a godsend. I really like what you said about the naivety because for me, I think that's what I'm really um, at, like now, especially after the second transfer. I'm st- I'm I'm still trying to, um, I guess just like just mm-hmm. come away from that naivety because I feel like yeah. I was so naive, especially the first time. Just like yeah, it's gonna work, and and I think there's a part of you that's like you're being positive, but then at the same time, it's like I just had no realistic. Yeah idea like, of what yeah. it was you know, there isn't like, enough awareness about that like people it. always just say ivf is like twins or triplets no. it's just, you know it's almost like a guarantee yeah to ivf or you know sometimes when you yeah. say you have an idea people exactly. are like congratulations it's like, <laughs> you know so i think we need to uh change that it's not a it's not a guarantee yeah. it doesn't equal uh babies right away yeah Exactly. And this is really, that's what, the reason why I really wanted to, I guess, my blog, I feel that it's, 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 I wanted to show that real yeah. side, not the twins and, oh, you get it, you know, that real mm-hmm. side that sometimes it doesn't work, honey. And exactly. you have to get up from that, you know? So who was the first person you told that you're going to do IVF? Hmm. I'm sure it's someone on social media. I don't think wow. we spoke so yeah, much yeah, about yeah. with people yeah, around yeah. us that much because you wanted to keep it hush hush. Like, you know, we'll just let them know that when we expect them the twins okay. or triplets or whatever. And because yeah. we'd had uh, previous losses, we it's um you kind of sometimes, I mean, we wanted to protect ourselves. We didn't want to get people excited and then something happens. So I yeah, I didn't really we didn't really tell mm-hmm. people around us. It was just mostly uh people online anonymously. Yeah. Um, journey. we've done six so far so yeah and these are like okay. six uh, retrievals um, mm. we also do genetic testing because mm. again and that was very hard to come to right because you think well do you want to be mm. testing embryos but you know for us after we had so many I mean all the other losses you just think you know you mm. just you want to check everything as much as possible, everything within your power, and then release, yeah. release the rest of the process and everything yeah. else to God to take control. So we definitely agreed later to do um, yeah. testing. And in some cases, the testing has come back saying that some embryos were affected and we didn't want to transfer those. Mm. Um, you know, again, because I was naive initially, yeah. uh, I think looking back now, some of the, clinics I did go to some of the treatment was just weird uh, I remember the first one I went to uh, yeah. the doctor had not even I did some blood tests and the blood test results were not even out before we started she said to me uh what day was I on my cycle and I remember it was either I think it was mm. day, day two or day 21 something like that and he, one of those she said either of both will be fine and it was one yeah. of both and she's like well do you want to start right away and I was thought yeah, why not? <laughs> you can start, and I went through yeah. that one by myself because my husband was at work. So, so you know, we started right away, and um, mm. she had uh, put me on a because you have to use the suppressant uh, drugs to suppress the ovaries. Yeah, but then I was, she had given me Zolodex, yeah. and if we had done the blood test and actually had the results, I think it would have shown that was not a good idea. Because again, I, yeah, because I'd had previous surgeries and this yeah, yeah, yeah. ovary, like I noted, 
and the Bavarian Reserve had dropped. Zillodex was something that would probably be better for someone with a lot more, uh, a much higher OVM reserve. So when I used the Zillodex, it pretty shut down everything. So okay. by the time we started using the uh, the stimulant simulation drug, like the Gonal um, F and the mm -hmm. rest of them, uh, mm -hmm. it didn't, my body didn't seem to be responding. So they kept on increasing and increasing the dosage. I was taking like Gonal F, Menopore, oh, I was yeah. taking growth hormones, and these were like extremely high dosage. I, I don't even think I should have ever taken something that yeah. high. Uh, but again, because of the ovaries yeah. had been shut down so much, it was very hard to bring them back up. I mean, eventually we did get eggs, but I think they must have been wow. fried anyways. Um, so that was not a good idea. Wow. And also because of that, she then, because the body wasn't responding as well, she then in the middle of the cycle said to me, oh, well, maybe you guys should consider donor eggs. And I have somebody else currently cycling right now. Mm. So if you make up your mind right now or by or by tomorrow, within the next 24 hours, what? then you could take some of our eggs and then you... Oh, my God. <laughs> and I just thought, what are you saying? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you? absolutely nothing wrong with donor eggs or uh, embryos as well. But it's just people need proper counseling and you cannot put that absolutely. in there in the middle of the cycle. And just tell us, yeah. You cannot say she, you've got 24 hours. And she's looking at us like, That's what's mad. the big deal? I'd never heard of that before. So I just wow. thought, what is she saying? This is weird. Yeah. So it was so crazy. The whole experience oh was nuts. God. I mean, we didn't end up doing the donor cycle at the time. And we ended up getting, I think, five mm -hmm. or five that got to the mm. to blastocyst or something. And we transferred, but it wasn't successful. Yeah. But I think after that experience, I started reading a lot mm. more and trying to research and see what was what we sh should be doing mm. i did another cycle and my body i think yeah. at that time another cycle some another clinic um and we ended up using just menopause my body didn't respond at all but then i came to the uk and we mm. used just gonol f very mild amounts and yeah the response was great yeah. so i mean that made me realize that it was just That's you know crazy. and then they didn't use zolodex they used like uh in like a nasal spray, which was a daily yeah, one. Yeah. So basically, it can easily be adjusted if it was yeah, yeah. too much or if it needed to be stopped. I think with IVF, yeah, it's important yeah, to do your own research. Same, yeah. And then if something is not going right in a clinic, change it if you need to. Yeah, yeah. The, and the thing that um, Natalie mentioned yesterday was so important. She said that in the UK, especially, they tend to do this whole, especially NHS right. anyway, because I'm with the NHS. They tend to do this whole right. like one size fits all. So if you don't come in with your own, I mean, I don't want to say demands, but with your own research and, you know, you can back what you're saying and say, this is what I want because my body is like this, they're not going to do it. So they'll just give you the blanket, what we do for everybody. But the exactly. thing is that might not But work I think also because it had previous idea of cycles also helped them. Because they could see what didn't work, right? Mm -hmm. I could tell them, well, this had been done before. They right. just, this, is, yeah. they just, uh, this didn't work and my body didn't respond to this and... So they could also use yeah. that as a guide in maybe trying to adjust something. So I think that also help them. So um, why do you think black women or men do not talk about infertility? Is it a cultural thing? Is it societal? Is it the individual? Like what, in your opinion, what is holding us back from uh, owning our story? Well, I think it's, 
it's just the culture and it's just, I don't think it's just fertility. It's just, it's anything, you know, yes. back home you're, yeah. you're told, yeah. I mean, in Nigeria, everyone tells you, you know, keep your business private. Like don't put your business out in public mm -hmm. about, it's about anything. Mm -hmm. Anything you're going through, keep mm -hmm. quiet about it. Just discuss in your home. You don't need to let yeah. everybody be in your business. And also because of maybe uh, we also have this idea of, I don't know, maybe the voodoo affected, I don't know. But again, you think yeah. that if yeah. it's quiet and nobody knows about it, perhaps you can quickly get your testimony or get your solution before yeah. they all find out or whatever it is. So I think we just exactly. thought not to speak about things that are not positive. And even when it's positive, you want it to be, yeah. you want to have like the final resolution before discussing it as well, because somehow you think someone is going to do something about it. That is so true. That is true. Um, and for you, before you started Facility Conversations, did you, did you subscribe to that notion that uh, I should keep my stuff private? Yeah, for sure. And you... <laughs> yeah. Because again, it's, it's just what it's, that's, that's, that's how you've been raised, right? Like, that's what we've know. always known. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep it yeah. private. So, uh, yeah. but then I just yeah. thought no one else was talking about it. So and I had to. And how does your husband feel about you? Oh, he's about? always pushing me to talk about it. You know, he's like, well, you say that mm -hmm. it's not happening, then make it happen, right? That's that's his notion. Like, exactly. you know, you say no one is talking about it. Talk about it. I mean, he made me start the podcast. I mean, I'd always talk about podcasts. I'm going to start this. I'm going to start. And then every day he'll keep asking me, have yeah. you started it then? Have you recorded it? And I'm like, ah, oh, enough already. You know, so I just thought, <laughs> Let me just do one episode and get you off my back, and then you know, here we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he's definitely one of my greatest cheerleaders in that sense. That's great. I had so many people messaging me saying, I can't believe your husband allows you to do <laughs> I know. This. He gives permission to do this. <laughs> yes, right? Because that's how it is. In, I mean, I think yeah. in most African cultures, it's that way, or maybe black people. We just yeah. don't want to say it out there. Nobody wants to say mm -hmm. it, which is yeah. why it's maybe yeah, 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 yeah. a problem as well, because there's not very much representation, right? Like when you check on social media and everywhere, it's mostly um, Caucasians and other yeah. cultures. You it don't is. really find a lot of black people. You don't, you don't. But you know what's interesting for me is the fact that there are so many, like I, I know so many, obviously, who want to do it in the part in their yeah. privacy, which I respect. But there's so many of us. Yeah. and So many. And... It's just a shame that um, obviously not everybody feels comfortable to, because I just think it makes such a difference yes. when you see somebody who looks like you. Yeah. A huge difference. It does. It's been amazing knowing you. I've, and we met people yeah, yeah, and so exactly. many other people I've met. Some people have been able to even tell me things to explore, even Natalie. Yeah. that you spoke with she's also been able yeah. to tell me maybe you should investigate this maybe you should get this yeah, you yeah. know those things i would not have known if i hadn't you know connected exactly. with these people you know online yeah. so we need to talk yeah. about it because the more we isolate ourselves and keep quiet the more alone you feel the more you feel miserable the more you feel like you exactly. have no hope or yes yeah yes. so we, we need to just before you started fertility conversations and and all your advocacy work, did you have um, a black or African role model or trailblazer that was visible to you? So did you see someone and think, you know, I can do this, uh, or was it more this is there's nothing there, so I'm going to create something? Well, what did I see? Um, well, I mean, there, there there are some black people talking. About, I mean, Gabrielle Union was talking about it. So I thought yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. I loved her for 
speaking yeah. about it and also even sharing the fact that she did surrogacy, you know, again, just mm-hmm. letting people know there's nothing wrong with whatever option you decide to go for. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I thought well, that was nice. Tara Banks, I remember also. Yeah. So, um, what's her name? That's true. I was too young to, to understand. understand. I know, right? Yeah. Because, but then I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And I just, and again, I thought because I was so alone when I went through those losses, I really felt yeah. so alone. It's just nobody, everyone looked at me. I mean, my family, no one seemed to understand what was going on. I think one of my yeah. sisters also sent me a link for a girl in Nigeria, um, Okiki, who had uh, had ectopic pregnancies and spoken about it. So that mm. also helped that, well, maybe somebody else is also uh, something yeah. similar. I just yeah, yeah, yeah. thought we need to have some people you can reach out to, which is why it started. Yeah. And since then, I have connected to so many people in Nigeria and outside Nigeria, they're dealing with yeah. something similar. And yeah. it's just, it's been amazing. I just have to talk about the um, fertility, no, sorry, the pregnancy loss mm-hmm. uh, Zoom that oh, we yeah. had, support group that we mm-hmm, had, yeah. um, that you and Karabo put together so well. And I just, you know, to be honest with you, that's what inspired this podcast. Oh, wow, that's amazing. Because I'd never been in a space where I've never had pregnancy losses, but I just felt so seen. Mm-hmm. And I felt like everybody was everybody there understood not only not only like the 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 difficult parts of of this whole journey but the desire to be a mother and it's not happening like that's that's really hard to 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 deal with every day you know like it's not happening I want Mm -hmm. it everything else that you want think about like a job or whatever you know you go for things or your exam you try hard and you get it but this like you you want it you want it you want it and it just doesn't happen and I felt like there was no room with women who really understood And it made me think that there has to be more of mm-hmm. this, you know. And and it's the reason why I wanted to have people like you on here and to to put that into the world. And and so yeah, I'm really happy with what you created with that because that was oh wonderful. well, thank you so much. And it was amazing, of course, having everyone there and just mm. you know keep creating awareness and just letting people know there's so many people and you know um, yeah. Again, yeah. when you mentioned that people say you're so lucky to have your husband letting you do this, mm-hmm. I think a lot about that as well is the fact that in reality, uh, many uh, Nigerians and I'm sure many other Africans have a mm-hmm. lot of um, issues that they deal with, not just the infertility itself, but what it actually brings about. Yeah. And lots of society, yeah. people make a lot of ignorant comments, people are not nice to yeah. you, people... Yeah. You know, and sometimes people influence the husbands as well to seek, um, you know, to have children outside the home. Outside. So, you know, yeah, people dealing happens. with that on a daily basis. Some people are making exactly. comments saying that you're not a woman, you're, you're not a woman, you're a man, yeah. if you can't have children, you know. So there are yeah. a lot of people that are silently dealing with this on a daily basis and have no way yeah. or no one to reach mm-hmm. out to, to talk to. So these conversations yeah, are important yeah, yeah. just so even if they get a chance to listen or I say yeah. to people, you don't have to go on social media, you don't have to show your face, uh, but even just talking to your friends, yeah. you know, talking to someone else in your yeah. community, someone else in your church, in your mosque or yes. someone else you know, yeah, yeah, just reaching out to someone, even anonymously online, just because exactly. doing this, going through infertility by yourself every single day without having anyone to talk to or having any support can just make it so much harder than it already is yeah yeah and it, it it's 
It's yeah, heavy. It's it very heavy. So you need people that get you. And yeah, so I'm, I'm really glad to have you guys because, yeah, it would have been completely different. And I'm glad to have you. Thank you. So I wanted to ask you about, um, this is a question that my husband actually asked. <laughs> okay. So he says, um, what was the question? Let me just have a look at it. So do you feel any way about the fact that IVF or rather that conception with IVF happens outside of your body? So do you have any like ill feel- feelings about the fact that it will take the intervention of science for you to have your baby? He asked me this ages mm-hmm. ago and I just thought, wow, okay. And I never really thought about it. Like, am I bothered that the only way I'm going to get pregnant is through science rather than through, you know, my body? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's a great question. And of course, you know, I would mm-hmm. love to just like go out for a nice dinner, maybe even get mm-hmm. drunk, have some nice wine and just, you know, yeah. lie down and have yeah. some nice, lovely sex and <laughs> end up with the babies. I would love that. That would be mm-hmm. so much uh easier quote-unquote mm-hmm. but yeah. having gone through my experiences and knowing how lucky and blessed I am to be here uh, mm. I am so thankful for even having that opportunity to even go through IVF to even be able to afford it mm-hmm. to be able to seek treatment I think that's yes. such a huge blessing because there's yeah. so many people in the same situation as mine or maybe different that can't even yeah. afford the IVF treatment. The fact that so I can true. even afford it, that I can I have options, that I can travel to other places or even mm-hmm. explore all these potential options, have this conversation to even mm-hmm. think what else can I investigate in my body and my husband's body as well. Yeah. Even to have that, yeah. that's such a huge blessing. That's how I look at it. Uh, it's, that's it's, so it's, good. Yeah, that's such a good way to look at it. That's reality. I feel very blessed to be have those options mm. yeah in your words one word to describe IVF or maybe two words <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think two words are enough but uh I don't know something really crazy just a whirlwind journey just crazy mm. but also mm. It's also been great for myself and my husband because, you know, it's just helped us to connect and really yeah. laugh while I'm putting injections. And I, you know, mm-hmm. and just, and all those yeah. times where we've had, sometimes you have the, the vials break or crack and, the, you know, you're like, oh, yeah. shoot, I, some of the liquid has gone out. And we start like searching online how to yeah. fix this. And, <laughs> And all these crazy things that you go through, or, you know, wondering sometimes you're going to dinner and you want to put the um, injection somewhere and to be able to go to the toilet and use it during that time. So I thought exactly. it's helped us to just, you know, just laugh and, and just connect mm. in ways that we might not have been able to if we hadn't uh, gone through this that together. So not to say that it's a great thing to have to go through IVF. It's not. But yeah. even within that, yeah. uh, we're thankful for all the little moments and joys that come with it that's wonderful because that was going to be my next (laughs) question can joy be found in infertility yeah i want to be careful in answering that because i don't think there is joy in infertility for sure no one wants to have Mm -hmm. to go through this experience to Mm -hmm. uh, have children Mm -hmm. but i think even within that um even within the experiences it's opened up 
open up new friendships, new opportunities. I mean, I've met yeah. you, I've met so many other wonderful women and men. Mm -hmm. uh, it's helped me to also be, just be more empathetic to, to, to understand yes. that people, everyone has their struggles. It might not be the activity, it yeah. might be anything else. You know, yeah. not so, yeah. uh, I don't judge people that much now. Uh, sometimes mm. I, I, you know, you could call someone and they don't, they don't return your call in the week or two or whatever mm. and you think oh this person is trying to be funny but they might not be trying to be funny yeah. it might just be a difficult time you know it might just be exactly. they're going through things they don't want to talk yeah. to anyone at that time so I think I've learned to be more uh, yeah. accepting of differences mm -hmm. so that unfortunately mm -hmm. has uh, mm -hmm. taught me that we were talking with Natalie yesterday that um, you know the guilt that you feel sometimes with with this process that you don't always you can't attend parties oh, yeah. sometimes or you can't you don't return calls so I like what you just said because I think it's true it's, it's also made me think if someone's not answering my call or they've not messaged me back it's not it might not be because exactly. of me because I've been that person where I've not been able to go to big birthdays like third my friend's 30th yeah. uh, a couple of years ago and you know be not being able to do the things that they planned because I'm exactly. dealing with you know this mm. process and I've always felt so guilty, you know, in those moments. But yeah, I think what you said is so important. It's definitely made me see things that way for the other person. Yes. I like that. I really like that. Um, is there anything you wish you had more help with or you wish you had, even right now, with this whole process? Um, Whether it's on medical professionals, friends, family uh what do you think what's what support or what help do you think could have really helped I think you yeah I think initially now? uh it would have been nice to have better to be better informed about IVF I think clinics do need to do a better job mm. in just before people start mm. at all you need to just have some kind of counseling and going through the whole process yes. and also giving realistic expectations and yes. perhaps be able to use support groups like ours, like yours, like mine. Just letting people know yeah. that you know, if you want to reach out to other people that have had similar experiences, mm -hmm. they might be able to just provide support. Yeah, I think it's important to yeah. have that kind of help at the beginning, just so you know what you're going to be dealing with. Yeah, um, I agree. I now, agree. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure what support I need now, but I think I. I'm always working on understanding that I have no control over this whole process. Uh, the lack of control is mm. a little bit uh, troubling mm. because I'm used to knowing how everything works out. I'm a big planner. I plan yeah. everything, you know, in one month, I'm going to do this. In two months, I'm going to do that and <laughs> all of that. Yeah. But now with all the lockdowns and COVID-19 pandemic and the delays and yeah. that I had, I mean, we didn't, couldn't do any cycle last year. And even now we have to put things mm. on hold thing till things get better because a lot of restrictions and yeah. travel uh, issues with uh, the pandemic. So that again, you're like, you're not able to plan, right? Because many times I'm the person that is used that to saying this time next year, this time next year. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, and now you're thinking, geez, yeah. you know, now we are back in 2021. Thank God that, you know, we're alive and well. But you, you also start thinking, yeah. when next is it, when is it going to happen? I'm not even sure. So learning exactly. to live with not being in control and taking each day at a time yeah. that I'm always uh, yeah. working on and thinking I can get better. Yeah. 
I like that. I mean, because that's a it big is. part of IVF, or in, I guess infertility in general. You just have to. You, no. You're not in control. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so, um, how do you think then that family and friends can help someone dealing with infertility, IVF, or pregnancy loss? Uh, what would What would you think? What would you have needed? I think family and friends need to do a little bit more research. You know, uh, mm. in this case, I would say Google is your friend. I mean, Google is not perfect for everything, but in this one, Google is perfect. Yeah. I mean, people can just easily say, how do I support yeah. someone who's been through a loss? How do I support someone who's dealing with infertility? Mm-hmm. Because then it will guide you mm. about the things not to say, right? Because many times people want to help, yes. but then they keep making all this random comments yeah. about people relaxing the people. Mm. <laughs> exactly. I know, going on a holiday, I'm thinking, seriously, trust and believe if that's what it took, I would have done it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, people just need to be a little bit more aware. So it's not a blaming Mm -hmm. thing, but in things that require so much uh, sensitivity, you just can just do the research and just check the right things to say and how Mm -hmm. to support. And sometimes you just... Just listen. No advice. Don't tell them, or yeah. you know, you can just adopt them. Any children, mm. suggestions or yeah. advice like that. Yeah. I think just learning to be supportive and uh, not talking so much, or you know, just ask them how can you support them. You know, how can you, and, and don't exactly. try to rush people's process as well. Like I find that. In Nigeria, for yeah. sure, uh, even people have experienced a lot. People are wanting you to hurry and get over it, quote unquote. You know, people will say, uh, you know, yeah. just that one is gone. You know, that one wasn't one meant to stay. Oh, so now I'll just quickly get on with it and get the one that's going to stay. And you're thinking, are you wow. serious? You know, like, exactly. you, you're joking, right? But yeah. that's what people say. Yeah. So we need to just. Yeah, yeah, yeah change those and, and stop the blaming game it's nobody's fault it's not because the woman has had lots of abortions or she was, she was promiscuous when she was younger it's none of that you know so let's just stop those yeah. uh crazy assumptions and just yeah. and just know that hey everyone has yeah. their own issues and this is the, this is the one the person has and just support them that's it mm-hmm. yeah i really like what you said about research natalie said the same so it's yeah. really interesting that you know that's yeah. a key part, I think. It and is. The information is there. Yeah. So <laughs> seek it. And you don't always have to get it from the person who's dealing with it. They might not have the capacity to get into all of that with you. But if exactly. you do a bit of background research, you yeah. understand a bit better. Yeah. No, I agree. And what practical methods of coping can you share for dealing, for going through IVF? So besides, besides God, <laughs> I think... I believe in God, don't get me wrong, and I believe in prayer, but I think sometimes there can be this heavy reliance mm-hmm. on, on God. And sometimes, especially during the worst times, you just need practical yeah. applications to help, or solutions or methods to yeah. help you get through something. You know, prayer might not be in your mind when you find out that negative test. You know, and for me, my second transfer, it's the first time or like, mm-hmm. that I questioned God. I said, well, why... I don't get it I was like I don't get yeah. why this is happening you know and obviously I passed that that kind of fleeting moment but in that moment I need to know what can I do practically that can help yeah. me move forward you know um I think that people should seek out support I think I, I think uh you can't mm-hmm. 
it's just an amazing thing to do to reach out to people that have gone through similar things. If they've got thrive, yeah, support groups are amazing. Mm. I think they just do so much. They provide so much help that clinics or others cannot. When you have conversations with people that have gone through IVF, they might tell you, you might be afraid of needles. They might be able to let you know, well, okay, this is what you can do. Perhaps try some ice packs in that region to numb the area before trying the needles. They might tell you some creams that might help to numb the area as well or how best or where best to attempt to use the needles or how to distract yourself or perhaps Mm -hmm. get your partner or a friend to help you Mm -hmm. instead of doing it yourself uh how to get through the the waiting times even within the ivf when you're right after the egg collection Mm uh when you're waiting for how many eggs fertilized how many got to day three how many got to day five they can give you practical uh you know um ideas yeah. or what to do perhaps get yourself occupied with movies or a new project in your house clean up somewhere or or a book mm. or you know a book club or whatever it is that could help you at time even during the two-week wait yeah. because all those things are things you need support for yeah. it is so stressful uh to handle by yourself yeah. so it's important to just seek that support so again it doesn't you don't have to show your face you can go on forums i mean lots of groups on Facebook, on yeah. Instagram, um, lots of people that can, yeah. there are lots of videos as well that people will show you and how to, how to uh, inject, do the injections uh, as well. Yeah. And even for egg collection, lots of people yeah. have a lot of worries as well. The trigger shots, you know, you're always concerned what's going to happen, mm. is it going to be painful? All those things can, yeah. you can find support with um support groups and friends and i think it's important to use those resources yeah i agree Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah yeah um where are you now now we're waiting (laughs) we're waiting because of again we're traveling overseas for the treatment and um, there's just a lot of uh, Mm -hmm. restrictions in places and and it keeps changing on a daily basis, mm-hmm. so we don't want to go get ca- caught up and or get yeah. our tickets can or flights cancelled. So we just want to wait till things are a little True, bit yeah. better with the vaccine, and hopefully then we can travel. So in the meantime, mm-hmm. we are eating properly. <laughs> you know, at Christmas time we ate a lot of bad yeah. food, so now, <laughs> so now yeah, we're getting back to fruits and veggies, <laughs> eating healthier, taking our supplements, and uh, trying to get the body yeah. ready. Yeah. So any last words for someone listening who might be where you are, uh, waiting or waiting for things to ease up, waiting for the next cycle, um, and also how people can find you? Yeah, well, people can find me, Fertility Conversations on Instagram. I have a blog as well on Twitter uh, and uh, podcast, Fertility Conversations. Please listen. That's pretty, uh, we share a lot of stories and lots of encouraging things for myself Mm -hmm. and for others. In terms of any final words, I'll say, during the waiting, uh, mm-hmm. try and live your life as much as possible and enjoy every moment. Yeah. I know it's, it can be hard. There's some days you probably just think, I don't want to get out of bed. But uh, And in those mm-hmm. times, allow yourself to be, to feel those feelings and just relax in bed and, yes. you know, think yeah. about things. And then on the next days when you feel better, yeah go for a walk 
enjoy yourself. I mean, right now we can't travel as much, so I can't say travel if you can. But after everything is done, if you can travel, yeah. travel. If you can um, with your partner, if you're in a relationship yeah. or if you're married, try to uh, enjoy each other as well while you wait. Because, you know, many times we keep planning, okay, when the children mm -hmm. come, after the children come for sure, by then everything, I'll have everything I want, and then I can do this and do that. But when children come, they will have mm. their own, that experience will also come with its own challenges and things you need to deal with at that time. So for now, I think it's important yeah. to just try yeah. to live life and enjoy and and do the things you want to do. Yeah. If you want to Definitely. switch careers, switch that career. If you want to take that new hobby, do that. If you, mm -hmm. the things you've been thinking about doing, do it. Mm -hmm. Don't put everything on hold until the children do come. It. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. And I think yeah. I made that mistake for quite a while. For years, I was just kind of like, everything was on pause. And it hit me, you know, after a second. Yeah, time, I like, right? no, no, I've got to live. <laughs> I really have to live. And when they come, that's great. Exactly. not continue like this. You know, because you just put everything in a hole. Sometimes mm -hmm. you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to do that traveling then or <laughs> even sometimes yeah, I don't want to come meet yeah, to events exactly. like oh if you tell me to come to a party in April I'm like yeah. hmm, I might be pregnant by then so I might not be able to wear that outfit exactly. <laughs> you know and if that's the case it's then so you'll true. deal with it but oh you know God. now do the things you need to do exactly yeah so yeah absolutely I, one of my friends said to me what has what have you done recently that has given you joy and it just floored me because I was like oh my gosh I need to be yeah. able to answer that and say last week or yesterday or, you know, I, it can't be like, oh, actually, yeah. uh, I don't know. So, yeah, I'm really yes. now I'm into seeking joy. I know. In, in and I have been seeking is. joy watching Bridgerton. His grace. His yes. grace is I amazing. And I would like to be his spawn next time or next night. Oh, give me a break. He's so hot. It doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> I told my husband, I was like, he's not as cute as you, yeah. but Jesus guy is fine. He's like, uh-huh. Zimbabwe connect. Yeah, I love so him. Well. I know. I it's that. an amazing show. So We're in season two. It's really good. <laughs> and there's another movie actually yes. we saw recently, really Only good. You. Netflix, please watch it. I, I mean, it's that. a little bit, it's about infertility, well. but it's just so amazing. It just goes through those experiences, those oh, feelings really? you have on a daily basis, and just, yeah, it's a good movie to watch. It's a little heavy, oh. but it's good. Yeah, yeah. check it out. Yeah. Oh, no, I will watch that. I definitely will. Thank you so much, Ola, for being Yay. here. Thanks for having me. Really Love appreciate it. Thank you. And I yes. think to continue even, sisterhood. And Clubhouse, yes. And even us being and here. Clubhouse. This is a testimony. <laughs> having this conversation i know many years ago yes. even now in some spaces you can't have this conversation so even this that we're doing having this conversation it's a testimony it's a blessing Absolutely. and i know lots of people are getting blessed so well done yeah yes yes thank yes. you thanks for having me thank you so much thank you thank you thank you